are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. So I think last time when we left off, there was a, a tart and an awkward landlady. And we're now into the scene at the university. All right, so we start off with the two bodyguards following Valentina into her university. And she's just like, please, can you, you know, stay here? And they look very seriously at her and then proceed to follow her. So this kind of is is quite a, a claustrophobic life that she's leading in this regard. Right. Constantly surveilled, never has a moment that's truly her own. It's very much like the bell jar mentality. I always love this quote, how are you supposed to become the person you're meant to be with everybody watching? And I think she just kind of lives under a microscope. But immediately when she walks into school, you see she's very well liked. One of her friends comes up to her and they embrace and walk and then Sergio comes up and, you know, they're talking, but they immediately start talking about Juliana. And interestingly, somebody notices the top that Juliana made for her and comments on it and she proudly says you know oh a designer friend of mine made this yes and then you know she's talking to Sergio and kind of saying you know I think Juliana ditched you and doesn't like you so they're kind of joking but you know Sergio doesn't really want to give up on that and Valentina would obviously love to see Juliana again so they get in Sergio's car to go to lunch and it's interesting because Sergio is actually talking about how he understands that Lucia feels very sort of watched with these bodyguards always around. And she defends it saying they're actually very discreet. So what's your problem? I think in this case, being watched all the time and not having to put up with Lucia all the time by herself is maybe something she likes about having bodyguards. Yes. Absolutely. And we're already past it, but there's just this other moment. Valentina's very funny, and she has these amazing moments of humor that just come out of nowhere. So when she's talking about going to the beach, she's like, it's fine. If we go, the bodyguards will be wearing white, so they'll blend in and it'll be okay. (laughs) She just has these moments, like when she wants uh, Juliana to sell her like the winning lottery ticket. I think it's one of those understated humors, and it's something that I really appreciate about her as a character. Uh, that they, you know, nobody ever tells her she's a funny person, but she has this intelligence and depth that again adds layers to her as a character, uh, which you wouldn't really expect from this wealthy, coddled kind of debutante or la princesa, as she is called by the the society. I think that's actually a really good point. I think Valentina is very much a child of light. She's this angelic, can-do-no-wrong kind of figure in some regards. But we see some interesting challenges to that stereotype as the show goes on. So we have the moment when Sergio discovers that Juliana actually sells lottery tickets for a living. And he's kind of like completely the opposite to to Valentina's response. He can't believe it. He doesn't actually want to deal with this. This is so outside of his comfort zone. Right. He thinks it's a joke. He thinks that they have set, you know, that's where his mind goes, that they have set up some sort of elaborate prank at his expense to make Juliana look like some poor lottery girl. Um, And his interest goes from 100 to zero it's so interesting because I think if somebody finds somebody attractive they will always make excuses for who they are as a person but he I mean immediately finding out that not only is she below like Valentina's standing but his standing and we talked in previous episodes about how maybe he's you know even a little bit below Valentina's he just completely loses interest like so quickly and he keeps trying to leave to get away from Valentina and <laughs> and Juliana. He doesn't want to. He just wants to leave. 
And <laughs> right, he acts like poverty is contagious. <laughs> <laughs> and Valentina keeps literally pulling him back, like, come stand here, we're talking to you, kind of a thing. This is one of those really nice things about Valentina. Well, it's nice and it's also awkward for everybody because she is just unwilling to let people get away with things like this. You know, she's grabbing at Sergio being like, no, we're doing this. And she's making Juliana stay there and like, you know, didn't give her space because that would have been more comfortable for her because she doesn't want people to know what she does. She's just throwing everybody together and she's like, we're all going to be friends now. Come along for the ride. So I think it's a double-edged sword. Uh, it makes the people she's with very uncomfortable, but ultimately she does it from from a place of love. So she is corralling everybody together so that they can all go get lunch. So Lupe agrees to let... <laughs> to let Juliana go to lunch with these rich kids, but she's not so sure about this boy that, you know, she doesn't know from anyone. And later she actually asks around and about about Sergio. Who's this boy? Yes, and that will be a recurring theme. Shame, this is probably the most awkward lunch ever in the history of all lunches. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, when I when I rewatch the series, I tend to skip over this. We've talked about my secondhand embarrassment and I don't I don't love I don't relish going through this again. But yeah, it, it's wildly awkward. They're at not only an expensive restaurant uh, but a restaurant that isn't uh, food, I think, that Juliana typically eats. Uh, and you saw this when they were at uh, Valentina's house as well. Um, and Chavis was preparing something for them. You know, she didn't know what it was or didn't know how to pronounce it. Um, so we're kind of in that situation, again, just highlighting this class difference between them and how they live their lives. And not just class difference, but the, there's drinking going on around the table and Juliana is the only one that just doesn't partake. And she's like, no, she doesn't actually like alcohol. And everybody else is like, wow, that's really sort of a party pooper mentality of yours. Except for Val, who's very like chill about everything. She's like, cool. You know, I'm just going to take this all one step at a time. I think she's the only one that isn't completely awkward at this lunch. Right. I mean, she did put it together. So it's the least she can do. But... <laughs> Um, yes, she's, you know, she's very much come as you are in terms of people. And I don't even think they've gotten into it yet at this point. But a lot of the scenes that I think a lot of people that watch Juliantina have never seen are the ones um, before they meet one another. And, you know, Juliana's dad is a violent drunk. He's aggressive. She has very real reasons even if she didn't have a reason you know it's a choice but they're young people in a culture that it's more normal than not and it's just again another one of those nods to the fact that one they're soulmates um so they could never do anything wrong in one another's eyes um but two that you know valentina doesn't want juliana to be anything she isn't um she really likes her for who she is and i think that you know, that's when you really start to get these levels of support and acceptance and they're building this friendship. And it's why it truly does become so strong when it becomes something more because it has this very honest, organic foundation. Absolutely. And there's a moment as the boys are leaving because they've decided they're going off to party and Julian is like, nope, not for me. And Val's like, OK, I'm staying too. And then the guys leave and Lucio turns around and calls Juliana Julieta. This yes. is just another example of him not caring enough to actually pay attention to what her name actually is. She's below him and he's a bit of a jerk at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, and we, you and I had a little bit of differing feelings uh, last time. And we'll, I mean, we haven't even gotten into what I feel are his most egregious sins. Um, but yeah, he he's setting this tone for doing what everybody else in her life has done. Um, but I much prefer the route of the devil, you know, you know, if somebody's gonna be mean, I'd rather them just do it to your face and have that personality like Lucho's kind of just a jerk and that's his thing. He never pretends to be anything else except with Val. 
he's always mean to Juliana. But Sergio goes through these waves of pretending to be your friend while kind of stabbing you in the back. And I think that that is what is so like insidious. And the more I think about it, one of the things that really gets to me about him as a person and makes the the stuff in the future um, even worse from my perspective. You don't think, though, that it's a big learning curve for him that he's he goes through in this thing? Because surely by the end of it, he's learned that actually you can't judge people by how much money they have. Yeah, I and, you know, I'm a big fan of a good redemption arc. I want to believe that. And I think that we, you know, we've already spent like a lot of time chatting about him but in my world of like Amara Muerte on the the characters that I'm so curious about who they are and what they're doing and if they grow he's probably not top 10 <laughs> okay Fair enough. like you know but I but yes I I like that they gave him that opportunity if that's what they were doing he didn't ever have that moment where that was very clear though so I I get it now they're alone in the restaurant and they're talking about this top that's been designed. And this is the first time that Valentina is telling Juliana, go study design. You've got a, a knack for it. I believe in you. I think you can make this happen. And I think it's the first time that Juliana has ever had that kind of like futuristic hope. Yeah. And Valentina is so supportive. I mean, it's, unbelievable right from the get-go and I think again you know she means she means well but Juliana is hopeful but also knows that hope is a dangerous thing in her world uh, not an empowering thing because wanting things that may never be your reality uh, it makes it all the harder when you're not able to attain those but for Valentina it's like well if you want to be a designer just you know go to design school and do that and She's she's so sweet and so endearing, so you can never begrudge her for encouraging Juliana to do this. But there's also this obvious resistance from Juliana where, you know, she doesn't want to be like, no, that's not possible because she wants it. She wants it, too. And that's a recurring theme in in their relationship and their engagements as Juliana not allowing herself to want things because that's never been her reality. Um, and this is one of those those first kind of moments of this, where now that she's in Valentina's world, Valentina's encouraging her to move beyond what she thought was possible, and she's starting to really struggle with with wanting those things. And I think she's done such a good job of just existing and surviving every day that it's a really hard um, thing for her to jump back into or to start wanting. Absolutely. I don't think people who have a lot like Valentina understand how difficult it is to just exist day to day when you're literally living on a day to day kind of existence the way Juliana is at this point. But Valentina is also the perpetual dreamer and the I believe I can make things happen kind of person who if she hadn't pushed, I don't think that they would have gotten together. Oh, absolutely. And I... There's like the uh, the Maslow hierarchy of needs where it's what people are looking for and, you know, you need to have attained certain things before you can go on to the others. So Juliana's like, she's surviving. She's on the rung that is day-to-day food, shelter. That is the reality of her world. Um, so dreaming bigger serves no practical purpose to survive day-to-day. But Valentina is out there searching for self-actualization and what it means and she's trying to understand her place in this world. She kind of has that space to dream and want and you never begrudge her for it because she's such a good person and you love her dearly but they are just in such different moments of their lives when they meet one another but I think that's also what's so beautiful about their growth uh, as a couple uh, because they help one another with those things absolutely and valentina never pushes past the point of where juliana is comfortable so juliana will say straight up and there's a scene now where they're taking a walk through the park and juliana straight up says listen you can't keep buying me things and and giving me money and that sort of thing you need to stop you know i don't want that kind of relationship with you and Valentina 
agrees, you know? She's like, okay, like, I'm not happy about it, but fine. Right, and I think it's, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing for Juliana, but she admits that she hasn't graduated high school and, you know, really lays out in a way that... I would be surprised if she was this honest with anybody else. These things and the reality of her situation. She's saying, like, I have to work to make sure that, you know, my mom and I have what we need. But they're having this conversation where, you know, Valentina, obviously, from the look she gave her, she just wants to make everything better. But Juliana does not want that and wants to do things kind of her own way. So they have this really good conversation where she's like, you know, this can only work if we're friends and you're not trying to fix things for me. And that's the the agreed upon standard right now that they've come to. And now they're riding tandem bikes together, a tandem bike, because obviously (laughs) what else is there to do after a moment like that? So that's part of the thing that I love so much about this show is they balance the really serious conversations with like a little bit of fun here and there. And so much of the kind of the feeling of these kinds of scenes reminds me of my wife and I when we were sort of courting, you know, that those those serious conversations interspersed with the really fun activities and so on i think they just nailed it yeah this scene is perfect they're just completely normal for them to be riding the tandem bike together and then they're trying to ditch the security guards which is a really sweet fun thing to do when you're young and obscenely wealthy and want some privacy you know that's the only way this could go and now they're trying on sunglasses and they just they're already finding all these reasons to touch one another. It's a very touchy relationship and it always has been, even from the beginning when they were like swimming in the pool and I was talking about, you know, this gives them a reason, but now there isn't so much a reason anymore. They're just doing it. They're touching each other's hair. They're, you know, Valentina leaned in very close to her when they were riding the tandem bike and kind of whispered in her ear. They're just finding reasons. They're complimenting each other and calling each other beautiful. It's just so cute. Also, here's an interesting point. (laughs) Valentina was defending uh, the bodyguards being around when Lucia was around, but the, the minute her and Juliana are alone, she wants to ditch the bodyguards. Right. She is smart enough to know that sometimes those bodyguards are convenient. So now this is such an interesting scene because this flips the relationship entirely. They see people dancing at an undercover thing in the park and Juliana wants to go join in, but Valentina is awkward at this point. So we finally pulled Valentina into a situation that she's not in control of and she doesn't know quite what to do. Yeah, I I always found this scene so interesting because it's, yeah, you're exactly right. It's the first time where their roles are reversed. And I would definitely expect Juliana to be a little more shy, not willing to dance in public like that. But that is absolutely not what's going on here. She immediately starts moving to the music and vows with her initially but then slinks off to the side and she tries to get her to come back and vows like no you stay but then they walk off together so you're like oh is this the end of it but it's not which is so great there's also a nice panning shot from the bottom up of jules dancing and we see a nice shot of her ass as she is we going up this is obviously val checking out her butt yes they do and they start doing that a lot more looking kind of focusing on Juliana through Val's eyes. Yeah. That becomes a much bigger thing. Or just, like, Val staring, like, a lovesick puppy at Juliana is, like, a whole thing. Um, I watched this footage many, many times. <laughs> so, like, it, it becomes a, a real thing. And they, they both, as actors, just do such an amazing job of conveying, like, the want and the just the interest in one another without it being like leery absolutely they're holding hands at this point and now there's this kind of like i'm gonna teach you to dance okay because you're teaching me to swim kind of moment and really it's just an excuse to you know get nice and cozy up oh it's such an excuse i love it it's exactly what you would do if you like somebody and you're looking for an in and you know they both they both play it so well but 
I mean, if Valentina had wanted to learn to dance by this point, she would have. There was just nobody that she ever wanted to dance with before. I truly, truly believe that. And now that this situation has presented itself, yes, they find this very flimsy agreement to be made on swimming lessons for dancing lessons where conveniently you get to touch one another a lot in both of these activities. (laughs) Then Joel says, but you have to look in my eyes when we're dancing, right? And then Val gets like all shy and like giggly and like, oh no. Yeah, and this was, I mean, I think, you know, beyond the the pool scene the first time with them where everything was so new, that's really the first scene where you can argue things kind of become more romantic. I think there was like a, a more friendship than not in all of their other engagements, um, but there's definitely something different that's starting to happen, and I remember on the interwebs and Twitter and Tumblr. Um, This is when the fandom really started to gain momentum because you watch that and you're like, well, if that's subtext, you know, haul me off to the loony (laughs) bin because that is absolutely what I think it is and you're never going to tell me otherwise. Absolutely. No, that's definitely the moment when they go from like BFFs to now what? And even the way the shot is framed, they I'm Completely. with their hands on one another's hips and they do kind of a slow pan around them. And it's very like sensual mm. and it's, you know, everything about that shot and the way it's framed from the perspective of the show leads you to believe that they are romantically involved. And I think probably caused a lot of viewers confusion if they didn't know that this was going to be a plot point of the show um, because it's palpable you can really feel it in that scene oh yes that made my little lesbian heart pitter patter very nicely I must say <laughs> for sure same <laughs> okay now we cut to later that evening Jules is home she's talking to her mother about the day mom's a little unsure about this and at this point she's asking okay but what about that boy I think she's still fixated on the fact that you know there was a guy there and she doesn't want her daughter to get into trouble especially considering all the fun she's had with men right we also discover that Lupe's now got a job which is great because that'll ease their finances a little bit right and it's stable versus lottery was very you know what you can sell to people every day This is, you make a wage and she's getting tips on top of that. So she's very excited there. You know, the the conversation starts off a little bit strained um, because even I can't really gauge where she's at when she's talking about Sergio. She seems wary of him, but also interested in it. And then she starts talking about the job and Juliana is not really giving her much from the perspective of Sergio, but she starts talking about Val and all the fun stuff that they did. And also how Val has maybe encouraged her uh, to go study fashion. And I think the, one of the only reasons she would have brought that up is that her mother did find a job. So she feels like, okay, maybe I can actually pursue this. Maybe it is possible Maybe I don't have to sell lottery tickets. Yeah. And Lupe initially seems supportive. She's very much like, I love you, honey. You can do whatever you want. But I think she's also flying high on the moment of getting a job and getting a little bit of stability, which is why she also gives into that. And it becomes, you know, that much more difficult when things are a little bit more uncertain and Lupe swings back into... Uh, a less likable parental figure. But one quick thing I want to say about this, and I, I think I've mentioned it in one of the other ones, in the initial scenes before them, uh, Lupe and and Juliana go through a lot together in their journey to get down to Mexico. Lupe saves her from being assaulted by somebody in the bathroom at a rest stop and you know, literally beats this guy with something so that they can run out of there. Uh, And they're taking this journey together alone. They're fleeing from, you know, her abusive husband and and Juliana's abusive father. If you come into the show watching it for the first time and you're just starting to see the scenes uh, where Val and Juliana are together and then you see Lupe as a counterpart to that, she's not framed in the best light and certainly what happens with her is very complicated. 
but there's already this this amazing foundation for the relationship with uh, she and Juliana, which almost makes it even more difficult when things kind of go south um, because you really want to root for them because they've been been such a good pair up until that point. Her reaction, which we'll get into later, is complicated and not as simple as it seems on the surface, I think. Yeah, and I think she serves a very important role, like, publicly for people watching a show like this for the first time. Yes. Okay, now we go to what Val's up to that evening. So while Jules is having a conversation with her mom, Val's in her bedroom listening to the same song that they listened to in the park while they were dancing. This song... Blasting it. (laughs) Completely. To the point where her, (laughs) her brother comes in and he's like, what are you listening to and why is it so loud? But this song has a recurrence again and again from now on in the show as 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 their song. Yes. So her brother asks her, what's going on? She's like, oh, no, I'm learning the song. I'm memorizing it so that I can learn to dance to it. And he seems like, what are you talking about? A little bit unconvinced about this whole thing. But she's determinedly plugging that narrative. <laughs> Yeah, and this is uh, this is a little bit of a confusing scene for me because she kind of tries to set Gia up with Juliana, and I don't think she really means it. I think she's just doing what she's been conditioned to her whole life, which is that if you have somebody you really like, and you know it's a woman, you set them up with a man that you really, really like. Uh, so that's her initial go-to, which is I love my brother Gie, and I I love or really like Juliana. So they would be great together, even though you know obviously deep down that's not what she really wants. It's the thing that makes sense to her in this moment. I don't know if if she at this point consciously realizes what's going on though I think she's at the point where you know she's thinking about the time that they spent together in the afternoon she's listening to the song and the song I'm betting you is bringing back memories of that dance but it hasn't necessarily clicked in place yet that actually this is romantic right absolutely it's obviously a very confusing complex thing that I have gone through as well I just because of my temperament I would never I don't think encourage the person I like to be with somebody else. I was like, we can just be best friends forever and do everything together. That's a thing. Like I always just thought (laughs) I would be jealous when my friends got boyfriends. And I always just thought I had really high opinions of friendships. Like those are literally words that I said to myself in my head. That's not my natural inclination. But given that Val is a little bit more open and wants to bring people together, I can see how that would be the logical jump in your head that you like two people, a man and a woman, and they should be together. Actually, you're completely right. I got very jealous. I remember now I got super jealous because there was this other guy sniffing around her and I got really upset about it. Yeah. It's, and that, that's, you know, that's always okay. been my temperament. That has not changed in 15 years. Um, so that's why I, this surprised me because it's not what I would do, but it is what Valentina would do. But she's such a, a giving open person. Does she get jealous ever? Yes. She does? She gets not jealous, hurt. But there's jealousy under that later after they've already become a thing. Oh, yes. They have right. that conversation. Yes, yes. That's a I was like, how insane do I want to sound? Because they're having a conversation in her room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. That, that's one of the most painful moments in this show for me. Oh, my. And she plays it so well. I know. Oh, I just, man. I think my heart just broke, like, every time I watched that. There's so much that still has... Yet to come. I'm, yeah, reliving this to a depth that I don't know is healthy for me right now. But we are, yeah, we're going way down this rabbit hole. We're doing it. All right, so she gets a call from Lucha. And she actually says to her brother as the call's coming through, oh, you don't really want a girlfriend anyway. Like, being hooked up with somebody is terrible. Then she proceeds to have a fight with Lucha. All they ever do, her Luchas, have these fights. Oh, God. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Oh, it really is. We needed to go through that because by the time then they become a couple, you're like, oh, please just break up with Lucha already. It's really frustrating now. You two shouldn't be together anyway. 
Right. And I think that's the biggest thing. But I also think, again, you know, Valentina, for as free and open as she is, she is living the life that's expected of her. And that is being with somebody like Lucho and doing those things. But now you're starting to see how it isn't really what she wants. And she's starting to think about what she wants to do with her day, which is go ride a tandem bicycle in the park or learn to dance. And those are, or watch contemplative art films. And those are things that she has never done with Lucho. And she also hadn't been doing them with anybody else up until that point. This show makes a very difficult to swallow case for sometimes even if you're in a relationship meeting somebody else can be the best thing you know they say break up make a clean break but they do a really good job of sympathizing kind of falling in love with somebody else while you're already in a relationship and I know that's something that lesbians are very sensitive of uh, and I am sensitive of it too and I think we're more forgiving in this case because it's a it's a bad he's not a good person um and they're not a good fit together and he's a man uh so we we look at it differently but that's really what's happening she has a a bad partner and falls in love with somebody else and sees what life can be now we go to i assume it's the next day and jules is off to and it's this very cute little montage of uh, this uh, design school and it's got this peppy music and it's very hopeful and very young and very vibrant. And she walks in and she she goes to the, t- the desk and gets a pamphlet and it's very hopeful. But then she sees the price. And just that moment when she sees the price, her whole face drops. And it's such a... It's beautifully played. And she turns around and puts the pamphlet back on the table like... It's so expensive, she's not even taking the pamphlet with her. Right. And that that girl in the blazer, like, I think is kind right. of just following her. She doesn't really need to be there. Um, and it's just, again, yeah, she it's just this horrible moment. You know, she doesn't even keep it with her. She doesn't want to be reminded of what she can't have. And yeah, that girl gives her such a sanctimonious and smug look, literally gives her like the once over and kind of rolls her eyes and purses her lips at Juliana, basically saying, you don't belong here. It's it's the classist thing coming into play again. So then we see, so that's what's what's her morning looks like. Now we're with Val at university and Lucha catches up to her. And he invites her to lunch because she's upset about last night. And then they have another fight. And he lays hands on her. I don't like that. He, like, grabs her arm. And, again, so much context before they ever meet. Uh, So the girl that just walked by Valentina, their friend, and the one that Valentina is like, oh, my friend Juliana is a designer. Lucho is having an affair with her. They're cheating together. Which was, yes, which is clarified at the very beginning of the show when Val's almost dying in a swimming pool because she's so drunk and Lucho won't answer the phone and he and that girl are holding hands in his car driving around with their friends. Everybody knows. Yeah, it's an absolute mess. But if you, yeah, if you come into the show when most lesbians are, when they meet, you don't ever really see that part of the show. But yeah, there's there's a lot of buildup to the two of them meeting. Huh. Well, that clarifies a couple of things for me because there's definitely a moment later on where she looks at him in a certain way that I was like, what's going on there? There's something going on there. But I thought it was just she liked him. If they're actually having an affair, then I feel nothing for the man. Well, to be fair, like she, that girl is his side piece. It is so obvious that he would never leave Valentina because Valentina is the pinnacle of, you know, I think the woman he expects himself to be like. And I think that girl is more of a counterpoint to like Sergio. Yes, he will sleep with her, but there's there's no real sense of, like, he would want to be with her or leave out. Because she's obviously receptive to him. And he, you know, spends his days fighting. This is almost Shakespearean, in a way. Like, this level of star-crossed lovers. For sure. There's this very, very classist thing going on all over the place with everyone except Val. 
who just is like, people are people. Right. After school, Val meets up with Jules and Jules tells her about the school and her visit to the school. Then Val assumes that she's applied and gets all excited. To which there's <laughs> a very awkward moment where Juliana has to say, listen, no, 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 I can't go to that school. It's too expensive. Normal people like me can't afford it. So we've got the whole money getting in the way again. Ooh, and then they have a fight. But it's interesting because this fight is so different to when Val fights with Lucia. Right. She's heartbroken. And she was she was a little, like, humphy there at the end. But yeah, she's just mostly upset that this is happening. And then Jules goes to the restaurant where her mother now works, uh, which will become more of a, a focal point from the show. And you meet her mother's new boss, who is very sweet and very accommodating and just an all-around nice woman, which is a great thing they're starting to have, even with the bad stuff going on in Jules' life, you're starting to see her have a little bit more stability, this place that she can go, people being nice to her, uh, and she's talking to her mom. She immediately runs to her mom to talk about this fight with Valentina because she and her best friend got in a fight and she's very upset about it. I also just want to add that Val looks particularly gorgeous in that scene. In the park? Yeah. In every scene. I mean, if you want me it's to do, if you scene. want additional content and I can do a definitive ranking <laughs> of my Valentina Carvajal looks, like, I will be happy to publish those posts online. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. So does that make you a Val super fan? I, yeah, yeah. Always gravitated toward val a little bit more but very much appreciate jules aesthetic as well but definitely have a soft spot for like the high femme kind of thing that val has going on and the genuine niceness so (laughs) this is interesting for me lupe at this point says to jules you messed up having that fight with val go and apologize Yeah, and they have a great conversation. They laugh. They're being very sweet together. She's like, yeah, you know, she didn't mean to do that. It's all she kind of really knows. You know, go talk to her. You're being silly. Go talk to her. So Juliana does exactly that. Probably takes her three buses to get across town to go find Val. She's been to the house multiple times and now she's standing outside at the gate because they live in a compound because it's very unsafe with a full staff of security guards and they won't let her in. She's not on the list. They're saying they don't know who she is. She's never seen the guy that's outside. And now she's trying to call Valentina and she, Valentina swimming um, with Nayeli, that's her name, who... Is this the one who's having the affair? Oh no, this might be a different friend. Might not be Nayeli, who is the one cheating with Lucho. Okay. Yeah, this might be a random friend that we just never see again. Um, But Jules is calling her and she's obviously, like, you can see it. There's some embarrassment there because they're like, well, if you know her, call her. And she does. And Val doesn't answer. And they don't even know if she was really calling Val. But it's just, there's like these four guys in suits standing there who won't let her in, basically telling her, you don't belong here. Absolutely. And I think that that is just, the perfect way to describe it and she looks it's such a complicated set of emotions that she's feeling there because she's embarrassed definitely that she went through all of this but also very kind of sad that she didn't get to see Val and didn't get to sort of put this behind her and then she gets back to her mom and she says you know maybe I've I've messed up and maybe Valentina doesn't want to be friends with me anymore yeah and and this is where it gets you know more Shakespearean in the sense that she thinks that Valentina is ignoring her. That's the only plausible reason for this, but Valentina is really just getting drunk and swimming in her indoor heated swimming pool. You know, Valentina doesn't even know that she called her. Valentina is getting pretty toasted right now because she is obviously upset about her fight with Juliana as well and doesn't know how to deal with it. Um, But she's saying we need more mezcal. You know, that's she's getting very drunk right now because that is how she deals with times of great stress. And even though her relationship with Juliana is very new, she feels 
a ton of stress about their fight. And that's how she's dealing with it because it matters to her so much. And she's, she phones the boys to come join them. It is Nayeli. That's who's there with her. Apologies. Just realized that. Is she the one that's having the affair yes. with Lucha? Uh, she's charming too then. Yes, this is very Shakespearean. You're right. So she is. She's falling back on all her old habits of the drinking, the partying, the the socialite typical kind of girl that she isn't actually. Right. But that she plays when she's feeling heartbroken. This version is missing the beginning bits of the scene where they get out of the pool and they're busy changing her and Nayeli. And Lucio walks into the room and then he sees them in their underwear and grabs Val and pulls onto the bed and starts kissing her. Nayeli leaves, but Val says to her, don't go, don't go, don't go. Doesn't want her to be left, doesn't want to be left alone with Lucio. But then they start kissing and then they wake up in bed together. It's very obvious what just happened. Right. But now this is the interesting part. She wakes up and she sees all these missed calls from Jules. And suddenly that becomes like the entire priority. She moves away from Lucio. She uses language when she's talking to, because she phones Jules back. And she uses language which makes Lucio actually jealous because he thinks she's cheating on him. Yeah. Also, side note, love her sweater. Yes. In this scene. I just think it's the cutest little crew neck sweater. And she also, yeah, like, I love the at home, like being more comfortable. Yeah, so I, we're gonna, I'm gonna go back on my original statement. Valentina is my favorite. High femme or sweatpants, that's it. But I love them both. But yeah, they're having this, they're having this conversation. She gets up, she wakes up, she's sober, realizes Jules called, calls her back, and is like, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I'm, I thought you were mad at me. Um, they get into this, they get into this argument, she and Lucho, because yeah, Lucho basically accuses her of talking to Juliana like she's talking to a lover and that she never talks to Lucho like that. Um, because Lucho's ignorant, but he's not dumb and he gets it. And even though you know, he's not a good partner in a lot of ways. Um, there are certain ways where he's trying to make it work. Like he knows what somebody being excited to see their partner looks like or being in love. Um, and he, he wants those things with Val. He's just neither of them are willing to leave given that they don't have them with one another and just unhappily stay together. But he, he very clearly calls her out and says like, that's not how you talk to your friends. And this is the first time that somebody lays it out. He doesn't accuse them of doing anything or you know I don't even think he could really conceptualize that himself but he knows that that is not how you would ever talk to a friend and then she's like well maybe that's because you know my friends are nice people that I have common interests with and all you do is get drunk with your friends basically implying that he doesn't have strong relationships with his friends and this is just a strong friendship and that he wouldn't know anything about that because he's basically a bad person. She's not very nice to him. He's not very nice either, but she is, she makes no qualms about, you know, saying what she thinks about him. And this is not the first time that he's accusing her of ignoring him and favoring other people over him. And he's, he said to her in the past, he should be her priority. He says that again. You can see Lucha is not happy in this relationship either, but he's pushing her, pushing her. And I think he might figure it out well, he certainly knows that something's off with them at this point, and something's off with Val and Jules. So, uh, this is such a hard conversation. Yeah. So, Jules is talking to her mom, and she's like, you know, who gets to decide who has what and how much money and that kind of thing? This is her really riling against the fact that they're so poor and they're people who have so much. And she feels on the outside with Val. But Lupe doesn't handle this very well either, I don't think. Lupe's not a very... Lupe has, like, zero emotional intelligence. 
Oh, we're getting, we are going to get to see the scene. Okay, so he's... Another funny Valentino moment. He mocks her and she goes, don't imitate me. You're not even good at it. (laughs) And that's what she has to say about him, like, (laughs) pouring his heart out. He's not doing it in a super nice way, but it's a very serious conversation. And she's just so glib. He's like, we just had sex. You know, is that what... What do you want? You don't want to spend time with me. You don't want to have sex with me. And then she starts laughing at him, calling him jealous and, you know, implying that, like, why would he even be jealous? But she will not even have this conversation with him. He is asking very real questions to her and she is not willing to do it. And he keeps he keeps going on about how they've just had sex. Like, sex needs to be this intimate thing for you. Why is it not? Yeah. And then she kicks him out. Literally kicks him out of her room. Okay, so now... Uh, the stepmom chick, what's her name? Oh my gosh. The actual lead of the show. <laughs> I need to... <laughs> anyway, so she comes uh, She comes in and she's chatting to, to Val about Lucha. I actually really like her. Like from the little we see... I know she was, you know, a little dodgy in the end, but I I do like her. I think she she meant well with Valentina. I mean, she did plan Valentina's father's death. Well, yeah. But she seems like okay, Luc- yeah. So, but <laughs> Lucia is a is a complicated character. Again, this, you know, this is like an HBO type character show in like an NBC type channel and that's what's so interesting these are complex dynamic characters where nobody is truly good or evil they're flawed people that make choices and that's one of the things that I think this telenovela does really really well um, because there is all of this you know we're having all of these conversations around is this person really a good person or really a bad person there's not a villain. I mean, there are villains. They do very well with villains. Um, But even so, Lucia did something really horrible at the start of the show. And she's the protagonist, you know, and now she's living in this house of her dead husband talking to his daughter, who it's clear she truly cares about. And they're having this very sweet moment in the kitchen talking about love. This is so complicated. Then we meet Camillo. And Val's dad going by Hakabo in Juliana's dad's body. Oh my god. Did you post the inf- We're going to post an infographic so that you can get a rundown of all the characters <laughs> on the show. Because so. we haven't even met Ava in this, who is... Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, we did. We did. We, we did. We met oh, Ava when she told her she couldn't leave. When she was... Yes. Okay. So then there's this very brief conversation between the two guys and they're talking about, um, I don't know what they're talking about, reincarnation or life of death or something, because that's kind of a, or, or what, what is it? What do they call it? Um, transmigration. Transmigration, that's it. Which is when the soul goes from one body to another body and that's happened with him. It's too much funniness. Okay, then we cut to it's like midnight and... Val brings in a birthday cake for her brother. Is that a two on the cake? It is a two. I don't know what the implication of that is. May have just been the candle she had. (laughs) I don't know. That would... But, yeah, so um, Hakobo and Camille are talking about, you know, that it's his kid's birthday and that he can't tell him he's with the family all the time but they don't know who he is Uh, and he has a really really interesting character journey because he has to go back and essentially meet his children as a stranger and realize that for as much as he tried to do and give for them give to them um, they are all struggling they are all really struggling with where they're at in their lives but you know Valentina so sweet loves her brother Guille uh, make sure to go in and give him a birthday cake and celebrate his birthday the way that their dad always used to and they're having this sweet moment where they're talking about how they miss him 
how they really miss him. And it's, you know, it's sad because this is something that he won't get to hear because uh, they don't share these kind of things, you know, with the driver, which is who he is right now in their lives. But it's just a, a very nice sibling moment. And they're both kind of crying as they talk about dad and celebrate his birthday. And there's this very cute part then where Val sort of climbs into his lap to kind of cuddle him in the end. Baby sis. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah, they obviously both still miss him a lot. And it's a, you know, a recurring theme. And I assume we're going to stop here for today because I have a lot to say. This this is going to launch us into a whole different part of the show. Yes. As far as I'm concerned. Also, love Uh, Val's outfit. First and foremost, I might put, you know, find me on Pinterest, guys. I'll put a board together. This is, I'm realizing how important this is to me. <laughs> okay. Yes, that was uh, another hour or so of the show, well, of the, their scenes. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. Monica, thank you for joining me again. Thank you. Can't wait to do this with the next hour. Yes. I'm so excited. Yes. Some of my favorite scenes. I have so much to say. This next bit is definitely part of my favorite stuff because we get the quintessential moments that I love from kind of uh, rom-coms happening and that oh this is yeah this is the stuff of legends they do this so well so yeah tune in to the next episode after this one because we have a lot to say about it and it's very good it is and yes we will definitely have to post that infographic somewhere because there are just so many characters involved in the show and i can't even remember half their names but i don't really care because val and jules are really the only ones i care about (laughs) (laughs) you're listening to lesbians on screen i'm sheena and i'm joined today by author monica mckellen monica can you tell listeners where they can find you online very socially active online uh, just depends on what channel uh, so twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that i will communicate back so it's at monica mccallan and that's on twitter i do have a facebook fan page and i have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff twitter is where you can find me Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.